Let's roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War. Join your hosts, Mark Zylinski, Jeremy Duval, and Rob Fanouf as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. Hey everybody, it's Mark. It only took 240 plus episodes, but here he is, Ronnie Ranton. <laughs> All good things come to those who wait. <laughs> That's right, exactly. So, Ronnie. Yes, sir. Adepticon. Yeah. Here we are. You had a little issue getting here, but you're here. <sighs> you know, it's yeah. just truffle these days, isn't it? Sometimes it's smooth, but it's fun. It was nice. Nice to be here. Well, we had an exciting Mantic night last night, and uh, I posted up your talk. So, anything you left on the table, I got to ask our. On the cutting room floor, any uh, How other... much was that? I mean, I think we pretty much covered everything. There was Kings of War was covered. We talked about that. We talked about Vanguard and what's happening there. I think a lot of excitement about Dead Zone. There's a lot of people discovering what a great, tight little game it is, you know, how the miniatures interact with the scenery. So there's a big session on that. That's this year's summer campaign. So, you know, a, a Warpath focus this year. All the tanks are out, so that was good fun. Obviously, the secret session of Hellboy was uh, taken behind closed doors, and the uh, and the board game that is not yet announced. Yes, the not yet announced board game. Yeah, yeah we won't TV talk about said, that. We won't talk about that. Um, yeah, and a kind of general roundup of, of what we're trying to do with uh, the Walking Dead, with the skirmish skirmish play coming. You know, the kind of narrative is coming to a close, in as much as the next stages of the narrative in the comics are about. The fighting, the all-out war part. Right. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, very exciting. And then um, we announced Manticon. Yes, yeah. So tell us a little bit more about Manticon and what's going on with Kings of War for Manticon. So. Well, I mean, it's two things. I think the first thing is it's, uh, you know, the, the Kings of War tournament, the Clash of Kings 2018 USA, is part of Manticon. You know, uh, it's a big part of it, but we want to come over and have two to three days hanging around kind of a three day mantic night <laughs> right right um, get people along that haven't played much you know it doesn't it's not just about a tournament play you can demo you can learn games there can be training tournaments so the following year you feel ready so we're going to it is the weekend I think it's the 29, 30, 31st or 28, 29, 30th of September right, right. it's booked deposit paid we are coming it is happening uh, so this is just me sat there by myself um, <laughs> it's at the Crown Plaza in Rosemont Chicago right next to the airport we can fly in it's got a shuttle bus to it so um, you know you don't need to hire a car you don't need to mess around with Ubers jump on a shuttle bus come out there Hopefully arrive Friday afternoon, uh, stay Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, jump on a plane, fly home, you know, add a day on or whatever. We're going to be, we're going to be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There's going to be a big Kings of War USA 2018. Clash of Kings is going to be there. That is going to be the national champion. That is the best player in the US. We want all of those guys that are part of the Masters to come. We want the Adepticon crowd to come. We've done it six months after Adepticon. We've done it towards the end of the year for the for the masters crowd and we're trying to get everybody there we had a couple of the u.s guys come to the uk one last year and it added so much you know just uh to some great conversations great banter we were gonna we have offered to fly last year's uk winner over here but unfortunately he's got a wedding which is very selfish but we're gonna fly the winner of the clash of kings usa 2018 
to the European Championship in 2019. All right, that sounds so, good. So yeah, so we're really trying to get that into continental rivalry going, a kind of you know Ryder Cup for miniatures. Right, right, um, right. There's a great crowd here. There's a good crowd in Europe. Let's get them talking, and 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 you know the level of back and forth banter that then goes on on all the chat lines and everything else it's great fun and um, you know the, 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 the US tournament crowd plays things slightly differently and when I first came over when people were switching out of the old warmer into Kings of War it was eye opening it was a lot of fun it was not as dry as sometimes the tournament scene can be in the UK there's a lot more banter there's a lot more beer drinking the scenarios that are written have a lot of fun and we've started taking some of that back into the UK version and, and vice versa so that sparking of ideas is fantastic and we want to encourage it right we love that hands across the sea type of thing so yeah. that's what we do here on the show you know I mean we're trying to tie in Australia and yeah. I mean, uh, we've got listeners in Aussie. Cambodia yeah. and you know we, we tie it all together and uh, we've got a contingent coming out for Lone Wolf again this yeah. year yeah, they're so. all coming out and they all love all that. Uh, the Lone Wolf's good. You know, I'm desperate to get out to Oz. It's definitely like the next big trip because there's a huge scene down in Australia. Kings of War is going well, Ken, and, uh, you know, the Queensland boys and uh, I've got pack. So that's the next big one. It's just a very big trip. For oh, yeah, it's a big trip for me. That's on my bucket list to head down there someday. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple of tires, but not, not since Mantic started. So Yeah, yeah. Well, we have Seth Cook down there, so our international correspondent. So yeah, he can you. always help you out. So <laughs> yeah, when you go down there, we'll hook we'll, you up. We'll catch up with Seth. That'll be good. <laughs> I look forward to seeing you, Seth. Seth, Seth. Yep. So that would be terrific. Yeah, I love the hands across. Yeah, so. it's great. And, and, you know, as the community grows, it is growing. Uh, Kings of War is getting bigger. People love that, you know, classic historical fantasy. Um, huge response last year to the Eye of the Abyss, you know, getting that online campaign. A load of people moved their army on, painted a couple more units, had a couple of games, and got it back in store. So you've just got to keep doing it. You know, building a big army is hard work. You know, it's not it's in our heads. We want to do it. We go by the soldiers. We, we take them all out. We glue some of them. We spray a few more and occasionally we finish a unit. But yep. it just takes time and commitment. You know, it's a, Well, as you know, we used to have uh, Countercharge Kings of War Army in a Weekend Spectacular. Yeah. We yeah. have recently changed that. And this month, it's actually countercharged Kings of War army in a month. Yeah, I think that's spectacular. About it. I think, I think so. you, the other thing is if you if you get at that and you have a real good go at it, you know, well begun is half done. Mm -hmm. So if you have a month where you're at sixty percent, seventy percent of your army, and the others are there, and you know which way you're going, it's a lot easier to finish. It's that first third, getting the first couple of units out. It takes something to get you to do it. So we're hoping with Clash of Kings USA. Oh, I've been, you know what? I'm gonna. I've got six months. I'm gonna get a few units together. I'm gonna paint up that unit that I've been meaning to do. And then once you start doing it, and you think, okay, I'm gonna get it ready for the summer campaign or whatever it is, you need the motivation. Right, right, and, right. You know, you need that deadline of oh, I'm going to the tournament. I'm doing this. I've got a game coming up. That gets you going because, you know, we find it with with, with Dead Zone. We're gonna find it with uh, Vanguard. Those skirmish games. You can glue them in two afternoons. Spray them get some paint on them and you're gaming within a week mm -hmm. right comfortably right. whereas with an army it takes time it takes right. time and dedication so you need those things that just keep moving you on moving you on until you over the actually you know what I've got two more units and I've finished this and then it's easy to add oh look at that that's cool or yeah I need to add that unit because I've not quite got enough firepower or I've not got enough fighting you, you can add a unit right paint it up but well, getting to that critical mass is the 
Yeah, that's kind of where we're at. We're actually not everybody's at the beginning anymore, and that's why we had to move it to Army in a month because nobody wanted to paint their unit and their Army. They probably could, yeah. but they don't want to. Yes. They want to paint their Army in yeah. a nice... Orderly fashion. Fa- orderly fashion. They want to make it look nice, not just get it to the table. No, you don't. That's, you know, you first you play it, and once you're enjoying the game, you know you're not going to do this army many times. Right. So I want right. to make sure it looks good. And then you've got that trade-off between it looking good enough that you're proud of it and you want to do it, and not spending so much time that you never finish it and it, and it drives you mad. Right, right, right. So, uh, exactly. that sweet spot. So we've got the veterans, and now we're trying to recruit the new players. And we just kind of talked about that. You discussed it last night, you know, getting them in, and you said through skirmish and everything else like that. I really like the Mantic starter set you did, especially for the Abyss. Yeah. I think that wasn't – I don't think enough people know about that. The scenario booklet in there is so cool. I love the narrative in it and everything, and you've got the Abyss and the Forces of Nature and everything. The uh, Battle of the Glades. Yeah, awesome set, awesome set. So – you know, we got to find a way to get people to be able to start. You I know think what that's I mean? To get a starter yeah. set going for the mass battle game. You Correct. Know? And, I and that's a great set. But like you said, clipping and gluing. And, and you've got to enjoy it. And you've got to want to be ready to do it. And we, you know, we've sold lots of armies here. We've sold lots of books. It's ongoing. But it's that you almost need a kind of tidal wave to wash in. And then you keep going. Right. It's, that, it's that big initial surge. So we're looking at Vanguard coming out later in the year. Beautiful sculpts. Because we're doing 20 sculpts or 10 sculpts per army rather than you know 50 if we're doing an army, you can really lavish time on them, their individual models. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're fighting as a single figure. So um, that, that jaw-dropping wow kind of sculpt happens in a way with your heroes and your vanguard units that is harder to recreate when you're doing uh, you know, plastic units because they are designed to you know rank up and make 20, 20 man on a regiment base. We think people are just a lot more willing, it's just a lot more straightforward to commit to a skirmish game. Right. But I think when you start playing with the Night Stalkers or you start playing with the Basileans, you'll want to go further. Um, you know, you want to, you oh, I'm really enjoying this, oh, I'm enjoying this story. This is good fun. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to start with that two-player step. Or, you know, the Abyss. Yeah, let me let me turn that battle of the claims. So I think some will come straight into the war game, but I think there is an opportunity with Vanguard to sweep up a whole group of people that enjoy that kind of mid-level skirmish game, and a large proportion of them will then kick on to Kings of War. Yeah. Some won't. I don't think some, some will stay because they just want to play the skirmish games. Right, but even right. then, they're there. They're knowing about what we're doing. There's plenty of ways of participating in a summer campaign. So, Right, right, right. I mean, do you think that uh, you might make those uh, sculpts for Vanguard available individually as opposed to just packaged in Oh, yeah, set? no, they're absolutely Kings of War sculpts. You yeah, know, I know. Are, well, you know, that's they're, they're, they're the best way for yeah. someone who doesn't want to clip and glue and yeah. wants a unit of sister archers and there's only two in the Vanguard box is to buy anywhere from four to ten more of them. Yeah. You know, four to eight more of them to put on a multi-base. So... So if they're available separately, that would be awesome. So Yeah, I haven't yeah. thought about that. We've got as far as ahead of the, the PVC being able to add as a booster. So you won't need because the, the basic set will come with the faction and the cards for that faction. Right. So, you know, that's specifically designed for Vanguard. We intend to, like, take take the bag of them and make that just available to people on Kings of War, but we hadn't thought about setting them as singles. Well, well I mean, or, or as units. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, making a unit box out of them, you know, I mean, 
So an idea for you? Yeah, definitely. So yeah. But we're certainly seeing some of the hero models and the resin models that are coming out make great regiment leaders, make great champions for your army. So it's, it's you know, what's nice is each army that we scroll through, the Abyssals, the Basileans, you know, the, the uh, Northern Alliance, uh, the Night, they're each going to get some real love. You know, right. each army's going to get go under the spotlight and get attention paid to it get people to really have a look at it what does it mean what's the background of this race so when we're talking about that as many people will be thinking I'm going to buy a Kings of War army for that as we'll be thinking okay I'll play a Vanguard unit Colin and I play a lot of 500 to 1000 point yeah, games for right us there. we really enjoy it it's yeah. fun fast and furious you yeah. can do 500 points it's only we got a little rule four units yep you know no hordes yep. or no uh, legions you know and stuff like that so makes good fun fat and i think that would be a nice stepping point That's for it. vanguard correct. into the game correct you can do that you go there and 500 points and then it goes off there and it doesn't need to be 2,000 points right you know it, uh, we were i mean it, and at Epticon, we've had it, what, someone was playing 15,000 points aside? Yeah. All the way down to 500 points. The game system works. That's what's nice. What, what, how much do you want to do? Do you want to play in an hour and a half? Well, 500 points will do. That's it. Yeah, we do it in 45 minutes. Yeah. Set up, play, down. I mean, it's fun, fast, and furious. Yeah. We love it. Yeah. So we've made up our own little nice set surprise. of rules. Yeah. And Perfect. It's great house rules, and that's, uh, you know, that's what people are able to do. You've got a it's stepping stones, isn't it? Yeah, and then okay, I'll add a new unit. I'll change the dynamic in that five hundred point game. But while you're doing that, you're slowly building up the points to play a two thousand point game. Exactly. I just stopped at Ironheart Artisans and bought the bases for my Varinger army that I'm going to bring five hundred to a thousand. So yeah. I'm ready, and then it might get bigger someday. So yeah. But personally and selfishly. I love those Basilean sister archers, yeah. so I need a few units of those. <laughs> that's, uh, that's on the uh, please funny list. Okay, so uh, that's why I need them available, yeah, so I, I can't yeah. burn through. Uh, <laughs> how many Vanguard boxes yeah, can I buy, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> Your Vanguard army doesn't have any sisters. <sighs> sister archers there already somewhere else. That's right, exactly. So that would be fantastic. So we can take a look at that. And then for me, one of the most exciting things, and the guys from Wing Tassar are going to come on with us separately, are the novels. They're so, happening. Yeah, they're going to be happening. And, you know, my little eyes noticed that C.L. Werner was standing in the room next to the Wing Tassar guy. So I have to ask, is this first anthology coming out already written? Yeah, so the books? first... Is this like Bloodstone of Cerulean type of thing? Or It's, it's entirely so... I, you know, I know Vince from... From days gone by, we spoke last year. We've tried, we've dabbled a few novels ourselves, but it's one of those things that when you're doing games, you just can't keep doing it. You know, you, uh, Vince has got his business wing to saw. He knows what he's doing. The publishing industry has been in all of his life. We started talking pre the Eye of the Abyss, and the Eye of the Abyss was coming up, so it was a good place to start because every army's there. Last summer, it was a global campaign. A lot of people participated. A lot of people read about it. So he went out, and anthologies are also a lot easier to edit than a novel mm -hmm. because the novel has to totally align with the story it'll end up becoming canon so you've got to know how it fits in with our universe and everything else whereas the eye of the abyss was a living campaign but it's far more general level captain level than it is the whole you know world defining stuff although it was world defining it was within the context of, of what was happening so they had a framework to work within they've got all of their existing writers that they know and then can trust that they can turn around the novels to their time frame so that the first novel came out you know sooner rather than later because mm -hmm. if you're waiting for one guy to submit his work 
it can hold the whole project up. Right. So they went to their kind of uh, their go-to guys, and they've focused on each and every army. So there's a reason for everyone to kind of pick it up and have a read about their army. But within the the Eye of the Abyss campaign, within that narrative that's that started to you know resonate out. I think he said, you know, late May, early June is the first novel. Right, right. War Kings, which is going to happen. And then he's got one every two months starting to roll out. They've got Dreadball coming. They've got Warpath coming. And they've got two more for Kings of War. Right, right. So we're, we're excited. Really... We get three. So yeah. uh, somebody listen to me. I'm so excited. Yeah. No, we've been trying to work on it for a while. We try to do it ourselves. Uh, but you need someone that knows what they're doing and, and can work with the authors and, and kind of keep turning that handle and chunking it out. Right now, I know Greg Smith was the lore master for Mantic, and I don't. Do we still have? I don't think Greg's still the lore master. No, I think so. Greg's. I think Greg had to get a you know got a real job or something and drifted back right, in. So right. a couple of years ago, he still does some writing for us, but that's all kind of back in house. Matt Gilbert is kind of the law master for all things Kinderwall. Okay. He was the RC chairman when we did the second edition. Right, right. Now he works for us full time, so he's come on board. His his main job is like doing all the IT and the grown up stuff. But his uh, his kind of fun job is 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 holding the Kings of War storyline and narrative together. Okay, so uh, he's he's been instrumental. I mean, he's pretty much written Vanguard, mm-hmm. and um, he's been instrumental in that. Stuart Gibbs probably holds the Warpath universe together. You know, he's um, he he wrote Warpath, and Hobday wrote uh, Andy Hobday and Matt Hobday wrote the Firefight. Uh, but Stuart's also done a lot of work on Dreadball and Star Saga. So he kind of is the lore master for, for the sci-fi universe. And that's one that's just, just slowly but very quietly growing, quite a big following. Mm-hmm. It's a very different, you know, it's not gothic, it's its own thing. It's a kind of clean sci-fi universe and that narrative's taking off. And then obviously the other things we've got are all... Right, so, right. So, so. And I think we're also getting a but, you know, I, Clash of Kings book, which mm-hmm. comes out you know, in 2017. We looked at it, we said, you know what, we need one of these each year. People are happy to get up to speed with the new units. It allows us to just change the meta, rebalance, but also move the storyline on, also try out new things. So that's been hugely successful. Uh, that's going to come out in December this year because people want it before the season starts. Right. So they can play with the, with the rules for the whole year. Uh, so December 18, we're going to have Clash of Kings 2019. And this summer we've got a Warpath. It's focused on Dead Zone, but it's not exclusively Dead Zone. It's also about the Warpath universe. Anyone's interested in that? That'll be coming out, and and that could you know we'd love for that to become an annual book as well. Mm-hmm. I think the only one that won't be covered in that is Dreadball. But the truth is, I think Dreadball could build up a bigger enough following all on its own that it could have its own book. Because right. you know it's it's far less about the narrative there, and it's far more about that different ways of playing. People love the competitive play, and they want to. Well, know. it's its own separate game. It needs its own separate balance. Yeah. You know, part yeah, of those right. books is balance. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, and, 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 and I think that's one where it's it, because it's such a tight game. You know, um, it's twenty six teams. Um, it, it, it just needs its own focus. It doesn't really fit in the war part of the Warpath universe. Mm-hmm. Although it's set in the universe, it's not. It's not of the dead zone. Star Saga and right, narrative. Right. It's it's kind of a exactly. All righty, great. Well, I have some listener questions. That's fine about me. Great to hear. All right, we, we need you in uh, After Dark some night. So yeah. you know you have to come join us and uh, pull out those dwarfs every once in a while. That would be good fun. I need to get <laughs> But uh, this is from the After Dark community, so I don't have any names attached to these. So. All right, number one. Any plans to release more for Kings of War? 
Yeah, we've got lots. So this summer we've got a big pile of big kits, big monsters, the wing slashers coming, a whole heap of um, you know unit fillers that, that that are outstanding from the original rulebook. So we've gone back, tried to look at something for everybody. So the dwarfs got the steel behemoth. We've now got resin in-house, so these things that were very difficult, we couldn't get regular resin supply. The price sometimes would be X, then five times X, so we, we, you know, we couldn't commercially release it. We've got in-house, we understand it, we know it. So June, watch out in June, there's a load of great Kings of War kits coming out. They're probably going to start hitting the interweb, I'd say April, May, you know, so they're there, people are looking for them. And then really... Vanguard for the following 12 months is where we're going to go through as we talk about each and every army is going to get taken out have a look at his, his when we're looking at the Vanguard release we'll be looking at the whole army we'll be looking at what the Basileans are about what are the Abyssals about so it's going to be a kind of focus on the cool the interesting the new again making use of that resin that we've got people love working with the resin last summer we released those heroes for the Eye of the Abyss they were by far the most successful we've had. The sculpts were fantastic. They went together beautifully. Um, and I think if you're picking heroes and one or two models per army, people want the resin. You know, metal is okay for a unit. You know, you can have a little few metal bits, glue them on. But if you're doing the heroes, people want to see the resin. And Yeah, well, the resin is almost comparative in price to the metal. So yeah. I'd rather have the resins yeah. myself. So. It works for us and the quality is perfect. So. Yeah, so that's fantastic. So uh, I saw the tentacles and the thing there. So I'm going to guess that that's a kraken or something coming our way. So... Uh, I think we did release the list before. I yeah. don't have it memorized, but... I don't either, but I mean, we can certainly hook yeah. it up for you. I think they're all... Um, I think GTM Magazine probably will have a list this, this this coming month. So it's coming into public domain. We've got a whole load of... We went big in the summer so that you could add your army and it sometimes galvanized people to start collecting. We've got Clash of Kings, you know, Europe in October. Oh, and then we've got Clash of Kings USA in September. So... If you start an army at the beginning of summer, you've got a good chance of having it in a fit state and played a few games before the tournament's big, the big event of the year hits. So we went big because we know that then Vanguard is going to be focusing more on the elite hero level rather than the big monster level. Right, so right. we've got some big monsters to start off then Vanguard, and then we'll come back and do some big uh, big monsters again. All right. Well, we kind of, the hint out there was third edition, so... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, at some point it's got to come. I think, you know what, yeah. where, when we wrote second edition, between announcing it and then releasing it, there were, you know, a lot of things changed. Right. <laughs> and the community got a lot bigger. Uh, you know, we responded with Uncharted Empires to kind of welcome new people in. But that's brought with it a whole load of, of, of new faces, but also a load of challenges to the game system. But, you know, it had been perfectly balanced, and then we wrote that quite quickly. So as we would look at third edition, what needs improving, what needs developing and refining, we can be more ambitious. We've got a bigger audience. You know, at that time, we had to be sensible. You know, we don't like sensible. We like crazy, but you just have, sometimes have to be. So I think we can be a whole lot more ambitious with third. I think we can take it on in a in a new direction. You know, and I think we can add, we've got the giant coming from Vanguard. That is Massive kit. Oh, yeah, you know, that I mean, thing's massive, huge. Both, both in size and, I think, in impact. Right. It's a big kit, and, you know, we can then convert it with the, um, you know, the we've got a you know, Northern Alliance giant coming, all furred up, beautiful kit. So, you know, there's a lot happening. I think Kings of War has a very sexy, very positive future. 
Right. Well, I mean, I, I love the multi-pose and the clippers and glue, but there's something to be said for the static, pull them out of the box, stick them on the base, paint them, okay? Yeah. I know I just had a few people roll over in their chairs right now go, Mark, what the heck are you talking about? But, you know, there's home gamers, and they don't want to do, you know, they got kids, and, you yeah, know, but they want to play more. you know, Mantic has always gone at the, look, you want to get this army glued together, painted, and we don't have our skeletons in 15 parts. Right. You know, some of them are two parts, some of them are three. There's enough that when you put a unit of them, it won't look exactly the same as the unit next to them. But you need to get a hundred of these, you know, across two or three regiments screwed right. together and on the gaming table. So we love that what you see is what you get. I think that's a key part of wargaming. You know, mm-hmm. um, I can look at that and I know that your army has the, the skeleton warriors. You know, I know they're wraiths. I know that's a giant. I think that's important so that you can plan your strategies against what you're looking at. But at the same time, you don't want to have to spend hundreds of hours to get a single regiment ready for the battlefield. Right, right. It's a mix, you know. I think it's um, between the hard plastic, the metal, which is less and less, you know, less and less to be said down to the metal, and more and more is going to resin. Between the resin, the PVC, and the hard plastic, I think we can cover most armies quite quickly to get it from a from sprues and boxes to on a gaming table relatively affordably and uh, and relatively quickly. Which I think is a key. Good deal. Well, our next question, and I'll, I'll embellish this a little bit, but the big question is just books, comma. How about some models? And I think that, that what that comes down to is everyone wants to support Mantic with a Mantic army, yep. but it's difficult to do if yep. you're playing Berenger or yep. playing Ratkin. And Mantic is, as we try to tell people, this big. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, compared to, uh, you know, some of the other publicly traded behemoths out yeah. there. So, yeah, yeah. you know, you don't own your own uh, plastic injection molding machines and don't have your own engineers and everything else. So any hint of the future for that? Because everyone would love to support Mantic. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, there's, there's two. I mean, the first thing is, you know, through Vanguard, we got the Northern, not the Northern Lions, we got the Basileans redone. They right. were nice plastics, but I think they just weren't quite good enough. They were just yeah, you were enough. never happy with those, no, were no. you? So, <laughs> I know, you know, it's one of those things that it, 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 it's, it's heartbreaking to, to remake plastics we've made. It's not good business, and, it, you know, it's not what we're about. Getting the skeletons right, they're still as popular today as they were nine years ago when we right. launched them. They, they allow you to build a beautiful undead army very quickly and affordably. Uh, the zombies, you know, they're on every diorama. Anyone ever does any conversions, that's where they're the, the go-to models. But the Basileans got done. You know, in the last couple of years, we've done Abyssals. We've mm. done Trident Realms. We've done Salamanders. Uh, we've got the Nightcrawlers have their hard plastics coming. So there's a lot of plastics coming. It's harder for us to go to some of those legacy armies that we kind of welcome people in to play with without us going, look, we didn't just do, when we did Basileans, that was our take on the one of the core human armies. You know, the Northern Alliance will have humans in it, also elves and, and dwarfs that live you know, kind of up in the cold regions. But when we come to do something, we want to put our own stamp on it. We want it to start developing our narrative from a... From a place that that people understand as a fantasy world, you know, dwarfs, elves, humans, orcs, goblins is a starting off point. But as it develops, you know, we've got the Empire of Dust is a neutral undead army. Right. Because they use the power of necromancy, raising the dead. Well, if we're going to build a pyramid, why would we use people when we can just raise skeletons and they can do it? Right, exactly. (laughs) It's kind of slave labor kind of stuff, and they they can access this by using magic. So the magic is used for the greater good, not for personal gain. 
each and every time when we come back to a, a narrative or a story, we try and make it our own. Right. And so with some of those armies that are not our armies, we haven't yet been able to come up with a compelling storyline that fits with our view of where Mantic is going. So when it's our own stuff, we're chunking through it. You know, we've done a lot for Forces of Nature, for Abyssals, for Basileans. So that stuff's coming. Um, some of those other armies, they'll get a look at in third edition. Okay. That's, that's uh, between now, it's Vanguard. I think we've, we've made clear where we're going. As we get to third, how do we, what do we do with these other armies? Which right. ones can we take on? Which ones are, are uh, you know, slowly going to... Uh, you know, have to be reinvented, or where do we take them? Right. I'm not thinking yet. Well, your fan base is smart enough to know that just Mantic selling books, you're not going to make a ton no, of money on Kings of War. We, we're a and... company, and you know, we need, we need people buying armies. It's, it's critical. Right. So, when we said we're going to fly the winner of the USA over to the UK, look, the first and most important is we want people there playing Kings of War. But we want to be able to live stream and show off Mantic armies and. You know, at Adepticon yesterday at the UK Clash of Kings, it had gone from, you know, a few Mantic armies to 30% complete Mantic with about another 30% where they were half. You know, every dwarf army has steel behemoths and rock riders now. Right. So where we're adding the new units that never existed and they're also relevant in the game, they're selling. And each time with Vanguard, new units will come out and they'll be there and you'll see those. Um, but it takes time for people to get those armies done. But to get the ticket over to the UK it's got to be a Mantic army right so we're trying to nudge people in the direction you can't force them I'd much rather be there playing with another um, someone else's army than not playing at all absolutely but playing um, Kings of War the core that's the main that's mission, the first but... thing because then they're playing and they're engaging but um, it just takes time to get that army on the table we want to encourage people so you want, want us to fly over Get painting those units because you're going to be sick if you win. And again, I'm sorry, that's you've not got enough figures to fly over. So you know um, we we can't take it. We can't do it. So you've got to win with a Mantic army. Uh, the the Steel Behemoth, you know, that was a kit. We looked at it for the quality it was. It wasn't good enough. It got a stat bump in Clash of Kings 2018. Every dwarf army bought one, but now they're running with it. Right. It's in the army because it's a useful unit, and and, and increasingly. That's a good way of, of you converting your army over because you go, oh, I've got the Brock Riders because I need that speed from the cavalry. I need the punch that they give me. I've got the Steel Behemoth. Well, you know what? I'm just going to get that starter set. I'm just going to do a couple of regiments. Oh, you know what? I'm at my four. I've got 500 points. I'm at 750 it. points. Before you know it, you've, you, you've made the transition. And they're all regiment-based. You've got a nice theme going on there. And, you know, the armies that we saw at Clash of Kings last year, there's some of the ones that I saw yesterday, everybody has gone from... Oh, it's a bit restrictive. I'll 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 put them on twenty mil bases and then I'll stick them down a regiment tray. To oh no no, I am building these models in a diorama. The diorama is the unit base, and I'm away. Right, right, I, and I love that uh, to the point where I almost you know in the starter sets or something would like to see the multi bases in yeah, there as I opposed to the individual. I, bases. It's, a, it's a debate we've had. Yeah. You know, is, do we just get rid of it? And I think if we didn't, Which you have need to the, sell the models and you know, yeah, so, do they cross over? But I think less yeah. and less so. And I think uh, the only reason does is that we used to have that little circle. Right, right. We did that when they've gone from everything in the starter base. 
that would be an ideal time to say you don't glue those down glue them down on the well that's like the uh the glade uh starter yeah. set you know you've got the salamanders and the naiads and they don't have the little circle so as i was looking at that it's like wow what an opportunity you know what i mean no, we're looking at it that's, uh, so you know even if you uh, change the sprue count or something like that to get the price yeah adjust, you know whatever but fantastic but just know your fan base is Good. there it's a brief, they want to buy your models lovely we're gonna, we're gonna keep making them all right, let's see. Next one. In the After Dark chat, we posted this uh, video about the 13 dialects in England. So one of the questions is, <laughs> what dialect of English does Ronnie speak? <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of a uh, you know, nondescript northern. Nondescript so northern. If you keep going, you end up with Scottish and there's Liverpudlian and there's uh, Newcastle. If you go south, you get all that you know posh southern mumbo-jumbo. Uh, but I grew up in Manchester, but just, just south of Manchester, so I didn't get a proper Manchester accent. Uh, I studied in Leeds, but thank goodness I didn't get a filthy Yorkshire accent. <laughs> Lancashire and Yorkshire, we don't get on. And then uh, I moved down to Nottingham, which um, unfortunately I haven't got a Nottingham accent either. So it's kind of, people can guess I'm from somewhere up north, I'm not from the south, I say Bath, not Bath. But um, not easy to place. I told you, these, these after dark guys. So, all right, let's see, next one. Who's picking the models that you release? It's a debate between what game we've got coming out. So, you know, when we did Vanguard, you know, that's getting a lot of attention because it's that's the high-profile thing, so you put a lot of resources behind it. So that necessarily means that at that time we'll probably be doing less for Dreadbull. Mm -hmm. So there's a resource discussion. There is a uh, what's the story we want to be telling here, you know, what do we want to be focusing on? And, and is there a clamour for specific models? You know, we listen to the community. Mantic has always been close to its fan base. We've always responded. You'll see, well, I was talking about the summer releases. We knew we're going into a period where there's going to be a lot of elite hero kind of focus with the 12 months of Vanguard. So we'll put a load of big kits out before we start that. Mm. We think that galvanises army collecting. It's a few specific gaps that people want filling. So that's why we've gone into that space. Right. They're all using our resin, so we're keeping it away from our plastic because the plastic is going into Vanguard and the hard plastic for the Kings of War with those armies. So it's it's a it's a discussion, Stuart. You know, Stuart, the studio manager, Matt Gilbert, the kind of operations manager, myself. We all sit down, we listen to what's being said, we look at what's coming down the line, and then we, we make some decisions. And, you know, it's the f fastest. We can do it and release it properly in six months. But really, you, you, you know, we're planning about a year out, and we need to get to about 18 months right, to yeah. allow it to just go get sculpted by the best sculptors. You have to book them in, get it sculpted, get it back, get it painted, get it ready to show off get it on the release schedule, tell everybody about it, make sure we've got the right amount of stock, you know, whether it's plastics, which come from China, that's another three-month operation and something that'll happen and, okay, no, it's not three months, it's nine months. You know, we've just got the vehicles coming for Warpath. You know, the, the, the scopes were over there 18 months ago. Right, right. Companies change hands, suddenly the people you're doing it can't do it, you've got to find somewhere else to do it, you don't want to risk the quality, so you don't give them all five kits because if the first one isn't as good as you want... You don't have to redo five. You just want to redo one. So, yeah, a group discussion. There, but if people are shouting and not shouting, but feeding back through the you know Kings of War fanatics page and what have you, we'll we'll pick up on it. We will be thinking, yeah, you know what that. You know, we know there's a lot of Varangur at the moment. Actually, maybe our Northern Alliance could cover Varangur and Northern Alliance they together. Look, they look know? like they yeah, could. It's the kind of same. They're a kind of slightly barbaric race. Okay, how do we do that? What can we do? 
that's obviously a big thing. It's going to cover two big armies if we do it. So that's something again. Well, let's look at third. Could that be a launch platform to to go into that space? Right, right, right. Oh, wouldn't that be an interesting box starter set? Veringer versus the Northern oh. Alliance. One of those two That would be fantastic. Yeah, so if the community really wants to do feedback, it's going to be yeah, Matt yeah, Gilbert yeah. at... Mantic yeah, or, 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 uh, we, we're always on Facebook, particularly more than, I mean, Twitter's kind of an outward bound, we monitor it, but it's more picking up our stories and tweeting about this on the blog, come and have a look, here's a picture, have a look. But the Facebook, you know, there's there's a lot of discussion on there. You know, we our rules committees have their own dedicated pages, right. but um, amongst our demographic, you know, Facebook is a chosen method of communication. Well, a lot of times, and we've been having this discussion, Facebook is just getting diffused everywhere. There's no central place. So, you know, if it's like the Mantic Facebook page, that's the place to dump your model requests and stuff like that? I think the game-specific is kind of like Kings of War fanatics, Uh Dead Zone fanatics, because that's where the dedicated fans go. And uh, if a thread gets momentum, we will read it. Okay. It will get seen. So if you'll say, hey, you should be doing this and here's why, you know, and then everyone's like, no, you're stupid, or yeah, 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 let's do this, it will get momentum and that will end up going, you know, you know what, there's a clamor here, let's have a look. Why are they saying that? What are we missing here? Yeah, you know, well, let's All do right. it. So that's a, so Kings of War Fanatics is the yeah. main place yeah. then, huh? Yeah. Okay. That's a. All right. I'll let everybody know, know 10, that. 000, one. Uh, there's 10,000 people in that. Yeah. So. Branching out in the U.S. Everyone has the brilliant plan, Ronnie, that you guys should have more resources in the U.S. So, you know, to spin the plastics. And I'll tell you why, because distribution issues. One of the big discussions we had last night is guys just can't get the stuff in the shops or or they go to Alliance Distribution and it's out of stock and they've been waiting months for their stuff and they want to support their local stores, etc. So We're all there. And so we have a full-time salesman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stores can buy direct from him. Right. But sometimes getting getting there on a single line if you're not a dedicated miniature store. I think any miniature store now can, can, can get an order in every month with us and they'd be fine. You know, they're between Walking Dead, Dreadball, Kings of War, Warpath, Dead Zone. There's plenty there to, to enable people to, to get a community going and, and keep it stocked. But those stores that are other plus miniatures, we are with every major distributor. Mm-hmm. They're just very wary of stocking miniature lines. Right. When Dreadball, the first edition, was going very, very well, we could not get a single distributor to hold enough stock. We would be sending 100 out to a distributor. They would fulfill half the back orders. They would then be out of stock for another 29 days because they order once a month. Right. And yeah, we weren't quite big enough that they just went, yeah, you know what, well, there's this huge opportunity. Let's buy 300. And right. then it might last a week or a month, but we can fulfill all the back orders. So they never got the sense they were losing money in a, oh, my God, I've got to have this way. But ultimately, that's what destroyed it because eventually people say, well, I can't get my team, I can't play this game, I can't go play something else. Right, right. Uh, Trials is mad. It's a constant discussion. That's kind of why I'm over here. I'm spending a day with Joe, our salesman. We either need to go, okay, we're going to go direct, we're going to have three people, one on the east, one in the middle, one on the west. Let's go and and give people that support and, and we're, or, or the distributors are going to understand that there really is an opportunity here and they don't need to hold it in huge depth. We have a big warehouse filled with it but they've got to have enough to, they've got to do some work and help us get out to the stores and, and get the stock on the shelves. So it's a, it's a frustrating for, for us as it is for you. Yeah, well, we just want to support the local stores. So and, do we. and, you know, a lot of our... And, you know, we want them to be around so we have a place to play. And, you know, we want to support Manic all at the same time. So we, we want to vote with you know, our dollars. Yeah, correct. <laughs> and that's why I took the decision a couple of years ago. You know, it was very clear we were either going to be a... 
a Kickstarter company or we were going to be a bricks and mortar store supporter. Mm-hmm. And we're the latter. You know, 80% of our turnover last year was through retail and, uh, you know, online uh, through our own store at, at point of sale. It was not a pre-order system through Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So that was about 80%. It was 60% Kickstarter just three years before that. Right. So it's a oh, massive moving swing. in the right direction, right? And uh, Europe's going very well. Spain, France, Italy. We've got Walking Dead in all those languages. We're, we're getting there. We've still got one word to do in Germany. That's the only place in Europe that's uh, behind the curve. The UK is well covered because, you know, that's where we have it. It's just the US. How do we how do we deal with this behemoth? How do we? Well, we're get pretty a, large. Yeah, it's, uh... you're, you're big. It's competitive. <laughs> but um, you know, we do feel that with the ranges and the choices, people, the stores are starting to go. Yeah, you know what? I can I can make this line work. Right, you know, right. Everything we design it so there's not tons of codes. We sometimes you know, hampers our sales. Lots of small blisters. Uh, uh, you know, uh, ten bucks a pop. You know, you get a wall of those. People come and run through them. It's difficult for the retailer, but it's very good for the supplier because they've sold a whole load of blisters and away you go. It's not good for the consumer because it ends up being very expensive and difficult to manage. But we've tried to, you know, dead zone. There's a a faction starter and a faction booster. Boom. You're playing. Any any retailer can stop, you know, five, eight races with two boxes each in a core game. Right. So it, it, it would be more lucrative if we sold each one of those at $10 a single figure in resin, but we don't. We sell out the whole lot for 40 bucks. Right, right. So and we, that's why we love you, Ronnie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just need a lot more people doing it. That's the key. How do we get to say, just put this on your shelf and get going? Well, part of, part of that is this community building yeah. and what we do on the show. It's, it's what mean, you do. It's just what was happening last night. It's what happening at Depticon with games. Yeah, we are a, a miniatures company and we want to work with the trade partners. That's our long-term goal. That's a long-term business we want to have. So, Ronnie, where do you want to take Kings of War? Well, I genuinely, I mean, we've got some, you know, already it's seen off Room Wars. I don't think that's going to be a, a genuine competitor. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree with you. You know, I think uh, <laughs> they launched that, but they've moved on to Legion. And I think the, I call it, you know, the fantasy historical mass battle community want mm-hmm. a rank and flank game that's loved, cared for, balanced, accessible and open. You've got to be welcoming new people. 20 plus armies, choices. Yeah, yeah. So... I just want the quality of the miniatures to get better. I want us to have a full range to choose from. I want us to have global campaigns going. And and I want it to be a vibrant, growing international community. And I think if we can do that, people can enjoy their gaming, they can enjoy playing. Vanguard can be a good gateway in there, but a game system in its own right. But it's introducing the property to people that are getting more familiar. We've got the books coming. Um, I want 10 years from now, Kings of War to be the, the fantasy historical mass battle game the only one the one that people just go to and if you're going to play a game that's the one you play that's right you're, you're, if, was, you're, yeah, if you're playing mass battle fantasy it's kings of war I was walking through the Warhammer team hall and they had 520 players I'm like I want this for kings of war someday yeah I see I want my MTV Ronnie I see Warhammer TV sorry to say that word but I want my MTV I'd like to see Me that. Too. I'd love to see those social media things and all that stuff coming so we're here to help 
we're here to support and uh, you know so yeah great well no, we'd love to do it and that's I think we all want the same thing and I think it's the, the you know, 10 years from now we want to be silent so, so how did this happen how do we get 500 people in a room to well it's Manticon it's summer campaigns it's the support you guys give us it's just giving you great models and, and good kits that people want to build and play with so oh, I think the fluff is going to help a lot too there's been a big cry for that yeah, so that's yeah. why we do the narrative workshop and focus on the fluff so we're so excited the narrative workshop team is vibrant they're so excited about oh. the novels coming. So fantastic. fantastic. So what in Kings of War inspires you? Well, to be honest, I've always been a uh, uh, you know, mass battle war gamer. You know, that's always been my uh, kicking off point. And why would you do it with Napoleonics when you can do it with goblins and dwarfs? So it's the visual beauty of wargaming that is my key aesthetic. So um, whenever you can, you know, we do the terrain. We've got terrain, Craig, coming. So for years I've been building little... Um, you know, kind of go on, on 40 mil square bases. I, I get a few barrels, I get some of the bits left over from my war machines, make a little ammo dump. You know, some, some uh, yeah, dead figures with blown up cannons. You know, I've always built those kind of things. It's that kind of blurring the line between the, between the, the model and the universe. So that when the you're narrative. actually, yeah, honestly, yeah, uh, you know, that's the that's the bit that makes it all live for me. When you when you move past the the rules into a into the game, but the game looks like a, you know the TV show. You know, it looks this. You can see it in your own mind. As a, when you get down to a gaming table and you look along behind your troops and you can see the enemy lined up ahead of you, that's a moment where you think, "Oh, I'm here. You know, I can hear the drums. I can, I can hear the armor clanking and, and jumping along." And you go, "Yeah, okay, let's have a battle." Well, as you mentioned last night, terrain crate is not just for dungeons anymore. There's a lot of pieces, parts that are in those terrain crates that make great for multi-basing. Great for multi-basing. You know, there's logs. You put them in your little multi-basing. Suddenly, you're not having to go messing with, you know, get some barrels. It's all the right scale. It's all very durable. You stick it down, and and suddenly that becomes easy. You've got the tents in there. You can put those on the back, and it goes on your gaming table and the hedges and all that stuff. But the the things that just make that gaming table look prettier, just moving into a, a, a more imaginative scenario is right i mean there's like little rats there's oh, it's uh, it's just, there's you know, uh, mine tracks you can in, put on your dwarf bases yeah, oh yeah exactly and it just gives you and there's a little cart in there and it is the, the instant bits box now is it now they're in kind of like an aqua color out there in the in so, the bits case is that like 3d now, printed so what happens is when the tool maker sends us the first tools what he does is he'll have been running whatever he's running, 20,000. <coughs> he's finished his tool. He puts it on the machine, runs it 20 times, takes it off. Puts the other one on in this case, runs it off. So the first time you ever see a shot of the plastics, it's in whatever plastic he was previously making. Oh, okay. So because random running, color. <laughs> yeah, genuine. So we've had them in gold. We have a box through of all the uh, vehicles for Warpath, and they look like a you know rainbow because <laughs> each different part of the tank has come on a different sprue. There's probably four sprues for each one. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so you does, get a red red sprue and a blue sprue. Yeah. And <laughs> because it, it takes an hour to run the old plastic out and get the new one running through. And for a test shot, they're you know, yeah, get it up. Whatever. You you're looking at the detail. You're not looking at the. Um, you're going to paint it anyway. <laughs> so when we, you know, when we do our run, that comes through. So with to rain crate, the treasure will be gold. Mm. The wooden bookshelves will be brown. Uh, if it's stone, it'll be grey. 
So we're, oh, we're, so you've got individual. It, yeah, it's okay. pre-coloured. It's not pre-painted. It's not only pretended pre-painted. If if you're a D and D player and you just want to pile a treasure and you say, hey, there's a treasure, and then there's uh, in a study with a you know, torture chamber, you can pop your pieces down and they're just different colours. And visually, you can see there's the bookcases. Here's this. But we're a major's company. Everything can be painted. They take the paint perfectly. Uh, you just treat them in the normal way. So we thought it covered both bases that way. Leon doing pre-paints is not what we're about, but you can have pre-colored. Uh, the aquamarine was just what was running in the tool before. There you go. There we go. We well, see, inquiring minds wanted to know. <laughs> that sounds good. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, we all want to support Mantic. We want it to be financially successful for Kings of War. We want to make sure Kings of War... Yeah, we're being a little selfish. We want Mantic as a whole to be healthy, but, but particularly, as as particularly our that game. Care, yeah. So, you know, I mean, we would like to help and... We're built. We're community building. The fluff is coming. We're excited about that. You know, you got models. We now have a place that we can uh, ask for model releases and things like that. So we'll we'll start a thread on fanatics if we need to. Yeah, whatever. you can have your own. And when you see the hot one, flip it over and link it in and uh, get the discussion going. So yeah, Kings of War is you know huge. It's very close to my heart. Is the first game we did. It's going to be ten years old and. I know you time. said that last night. So was... you know, 2019 is ten years of Mantic. So. Uh, you know, overnight success just took ten years. Um, <laughs> Kings of War is where we started, and it's you know that's how long it takes. You know, we we feel like with Kings of War, we're just getting started. With some of the other games, we've, we've not even started. Right, and, uh, right, and that's how long it takes. But getting it's growing year on year. We're building up a global audience, both the tournament scene, the narrative players, the collectors. Everybody's realizing that you know we are what we say we are. You know, that's our DNA. DNA. And um, yeah, long may it continue. Uh, I think we all have the same aims. There you go. Well, we hope that there's much excitement for the 10th anniversary of Kings of War next year. Yeah, so, anyway. there you go. All right. Well, hopefully, we got something special planned. Ronnie, I appreciate your time. Thank you very You're much. You're an Adepticon. So, you know, I just uh, thank you so much for answering the My listeners' pleasure. questions. Thank you for asking them and thank you for interesting in our guests. And you are welcome back anytime. Let's make it happen again, not 10 years from now. All right. Thanks, Ronnie. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by posting on our episode thread on the discussion forum found on manticgames.com. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time... Keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by posting on our episode thread on the discussion forum found on manticgames.com. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. Thanks for listening.